It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? Should Denny be allowed to play in Israel? It is, is it a matter of pride versus professionalism? And how long should this rebuild be? Next on Locked On Wizards. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Brandon Scott, again with my guy, the real Ed Oliver. Thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. So, Denny Avia is back home working on his shot, and he wants to play for Team Israel, but General Manager Will Dawkins said he does not recommend it. He had a minor injury. So, looking at that, Ed, uh, going forward, do you think it's a good idea that he play overseas this year or should he stay home and work on his game? What do you think is probably the best course of action for Denny? Um, yeah, this is a tough one because I get it. You know, players want to play for the country. They have pride. And, and some some countries, they're really, really um, looking forward to you competing and uh, showing that pride for your country. Um, you know, you look in the Olympics and, and Rui had a lot to do for the Olympics, carrying the torch when it was in Japan a couple of years ago. Then he was exhausted and. Um, you know, he took time off, so it can, it can weigh heavy on you for sure. And there's a lot of pressure to represent your country. And, it, and it's a fun thing to do. You look at the USA team, you look at the redeem team, how good they were. They got the, they got a gold medal. Um, you look at the, the, the USA team just won and a couple of years ago, they got a gold medal again. And then you see when, when some players don't show up and you kind of send the B team in there, they got bronze when it was like the team with Tim Duncan, Allen Iverson. Those are great players. But um, the point is that you, you do want to see your best players compete for your country. Uh, but on the flip side is Will Dawkins and their camp or Michael Winger, Travis Schlenk. There was a report that came out from sports rabbi. Um, they said that they prefer that he be with the team this year. And we saw last year, Denny played with FIBA. He had a groin injury. He played through that injury. He made the injury worse. Now he still did start day one. Uh, for the Wizards uh, last season, but was he fully healthy? Did that uh, provide a setback for him getting ready and being fully ready for the regular season? And if he plays again, if he really is injured, uh, because the Wizards sent an assistant coach, um, they sent assistant coach, uh, not an assistant coach, but they sent an assistant athletic trainer uh, to Israel to check on Denny. So they do, they, they most likely they feel like this is a concern because they wouldn't send somebody up there if they thought it was nothing. Now, is it an ACL or an Achilles knock on wood? I doubt it. I heard it was a hip injury. I'm not 100% on that. So I'm not going to uh, 100% say that, but that's what I've heard. Um, so how severe is the injury? Um, if he plays through it, how, you know, can it get worse? Obviously, yes, it can get worse if he plays through it. Um, I love seeing Denny playing FIBA because you get to see he plays differently. He plays like a point forward. He has the ball in his hands all the time. You get to see what 
a lot of our Israel viewers say about him and what they want him to be. You actually get to see it there more, way more times than what you see it over here. But to answer the question, um, if, if the staff, if they, if they ask you to, to not play and they want you to uh, stay here and work out, and this is a contract year, they hold the cards. Um, I love Chase Young once again. I brought him up uh, a couple episodes ago. Ron Rivera wanted Chase Young to be at OTAs and practice. He thinks they're important. Chase Young didn't show up, didn't have a great season. Now they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. Guess what? Denny has a contract year. They can. They still have an opportunity to, to extend him. They could give him an extension if they really, really like what they saw from the last three years. So if I were him, I probably do what this staff wants me to do, so I can get paid, uh, make more money for myself and my family, and set up my longer career rather than risking injury. But I get if he does want to play, I get it. I understand it because I get pride for your country. So I understand both sides. Uh, I know I gave a long-winded answer, but it, it's up to him. Last year we saw a setback with it, so. It's tough if you want to risk it, but, you know, these guys did not draft you. Winger didn't draft you. Dawkins, Schlenk, they did not draft you. This is not Tommy Shepard anymore, so they're not, they're not going to give him any handouts. So you're trying to audition for these guys. So if I were him, I probably would just do what the coaching staff is or what the general manager in the front office is asking me to do at this point. Yeah, let me start by saying, man, um, national pride isn't very important, especially when you're a foreign player playing in the NBA, man. When you can go back home, represent your country, I get it. You know, look, I come from a military family. I'm a military vet myself. Pride of the country is very important. I get that. Um, saying, especially for Israel, is a country where it's big in military service. I get that. Um, but let me say this, man. Um, I think there needs to be changes. I, and I say this, that, yeah, you want to see your best players compete for your country. On the flip side, this is a business. The National Basketball Association is a business where people pay millions, millions of dollars to watch these guys play. Um, I think that he's got to look at it from a professional standpoint, man. Um, you got a contract. You know, you, all right, hypothetically, he goes over and gets hurt long term. This affects the Washington Wizards. You know, same thing. When you, we have um, Danilo Gallinari on the team. There's a reason why his ACL got hurt. He got hurt in FIBA last year. You know, he had a whole season out of his career because of injury that was suffered in FIBA. So, like, you know, like, you know, look, I agree. I, I get national pride, man. I, I totally get that. But I think that why not use FIBA? Why not use the Olympics as a showcase for up-and-coming talent within your country? You know, give give exposure to young guys who, you know, especially overseas, you know, um, give that exposure to other Israeli players. You know, let's create pipelines as far as international players, man. Use it as exposure. But, you know, your high-profile guys, I don't think they should go over there and play because you're risking injury. You know, you, you I mean, this is, a, this is a profession. This is a professional league. This is a business. And Hate it or love it, these players are commodities. I mean, it, it is what it is. This is an entertainment-based business, you know. And I, I just, I don't agree with them going over to play. I just, I don't. You know, like I said, if you're an up-and-coming player, I get it. Give them exposure, give them playing minutes, and then that gives them a showcase to, you know, lead them to the draft. Make, you know, because look, think about it like this. Um, when with the French league, you know, all eyes were on Wimbenyama, but it was Bilal Koulibaly's play within the French league that got him exposure to pretty much to got him drafted where he was because. I don't think he was in the same position as far as the draft board for the Wizards before the French League. Let's be real. Not a lot of people really knew about Bilal, uh, Bilal Koulibaly before the French League. So use use these foreign leagues as a showcase, man, exposure for young guys. I don't want to see guys, I don't want to see guys on the contract go over there anymore. I know I'm gonna get pushed back. I get it. It is what it is. That's it. That, you know, like my personality is I tell you what I feel and what's on my mind, man. So it is what it is. But um I'm looking at it from the owner's perspective. 
you know, this player is on the contract. You know, you go over there and you get hurt. I got a player that and, – and look, look, this is a big, big risk on Denny's part because if you go over there and get hurt on the contract here, because you're – not only are you risking getting a bag, you're risking that you may be in the league because if you get hurt, depending on the injury, that's going to affect his place in the NBA going forward and how much money he gets paid for his family. So, I mean, look, man, you, I'm, to me personally, you've got to listen to the people signing your checks straight up. You know, if Will Dawkins is saying, hey, maybe you need to stay back, you know, work on your game, stay side, and go from there, I'm going to listen to this guy, man, because, again, this guy is potentially going to sign my checks. And, look, I ain't, I ain't the smartest guy in the world, but if somebody's signing my checks, man, I'm going to listen to him a little bit. I'm just saying. So I'm not a big fan of it. Um, Like I said, I, I get pride, man. You know, I get it. I, I get pride. Very proud for my country. I get it. But in the, on the flip side, man, you know, you have a job to do. You're a professional. You know, you have a contract that you sign. You know, you and so this this uh, franchise needs to look after its investment because Denny Alfield just like every player on the roster is an investment. You put money to somebody that hoping they can blossom to, you know, some a, a product that's going to help your franchise win. You know, so I, I don't like it, man. I, I don't like it at all. I think they, the, you know, if they don't change the rules, I think they need to put some provisions in contracts and say, look. You can go play, but look, you risk this, this, and this because you have to protect yourself as an organization. Because if he goes over to Dillard, um, I believe he got hurt early on last year. And, you know, he came over and you used Rui. That was a perfect example. Rui went back home and he had he missed half the year because he was tired. You know, he was going through issues. You know, he, he took a mental health um, break, which I get it. But we lost half a year of Rui. And then last year, you know, um, he started working with Drew Hanlon. Then he goes over and plays, and then comes back, and then his three point percentage is worse. I mean, <laughs> I, I, you know what I mean? No, I, I don't. I don't buy it. I don't like it. You know, stay, um, stay side, work on your game, and try to get paid, man. You know, do what's best for your family in the long run because national pride is one thing, but look, pride don't pay. I'm just saying, <laughs> pride is is very important, but pride don't. You know, you can't sign on your, <laughs> you can't pay rent with pride. Pride, man. I'm just saying, you know, he's got to look after his his professional career in the NBA. And the best course of action for him is to stay safe side and work on his game. So, yeah, I mean, I, I know that, you know, this is kind of 50-50 with people, man. You know, like I said, I'm big on pride. It's nothing against that. I get that, man, you know, but it's just, this is your job. It's like telling your main job that, look, I can't come to work today because my side job, I got, <laughs> you're, they ain't trying to hear all that. No, <laughs> they, they, wanna, they want you ready to work. So, yeah, e, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not with it, man. I'm not a big fan of it. And I think that if they don't curb it, they're going to have to put provisions and contracts that protects them in case one of these guys get hurt overseas. So, yeah, I like that you brought up the the Drew Hanlon and him working out his offseason last year. He he regressed shooting the ball, but we'll 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 get to a break and then we'll continue a little bit um, <laughs> and then get to the bell bag question. <laughs> yes, sir. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount and bonus bets up to $200. Ooh, that's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Oh, man. That's 200 that you can spend betting on anything from the money line to the over and under to who you think will be the first person to hit on her on the day. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. No waiting around. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 and bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League 
baseball. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow, we're going to do another mailbag question or two. And any kind of upcoming news, we're definitely going to hit you guys off and let you know what's going on in Wizards land. So definitely stay tuned with us. So. Um, yeah, the last thing I'll say. So yeah, his, his yeah. offseason have been a little wonky. I like what he saw. I like what we saw that he did in FIBA. Um, but it's different because he's not gonna have the ball in his hands as much with the Wizards as much as he did in FIBA. Um the three-point shot did get worse. Now, if he if they have a plan for him, they just got a new developmental staff. So do they want him working out with David Vanderpool and Brian Keith and some of the other guys that uh, are de- developing young players? Do they just want him to stay there? Is that their plan for him this offseason to work on that shot so it can go up from 29% at, at least to a respectable like 33, 34. Can, you know, I think if he gives if he can at least improve to that, then uh he can definitely get a, a second contract. If not with the Wizards, then a bigger contract than than you know the mid-level exception or even lower than that. Lower than you know, more than just 12 million or 10 million dollars. Something that's kind of the range I see him in, like nine. I can see eight, I can see anywhere between eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Um, but if he has a good season, then maybe what Isaiah Stewart got, which was like the four-year, 64 million dollar contract. So I can see I could possibly possibly something like Rui just got 17 mil. Don't see him getting that. I see him getting around maybe 15 at the most, 15 at the most, but risking injury is one. Uh, working on the shot is another one. Getting with a, with a shot guru, even though Drew Hanlon is supposed to be a shot guru, but you know, Bradley Bill's percentage went down and, and um, Denny's percentage went down somehow after working out with Drew Hanlon, uh, even though I still respect Drew Hanlon as a trainer for sure. Um, in, in his resume but, um, yeah, I mean, y- and you look at other teams, you look at the FIBA team this year who's going out there, like, for the USA team. Now, for the Olympics, you, you if, if Israel made it to the Olympics or any team makes the Olympics, I do think you do sh- you should send your best squad out there. I think you should. Now, FIBA for USA, I get they're going to send the, send the B team guys. Like, they're sending Josh Hart. I love Josh Hart, but they're sending Josh Hart, Cam Johnson, Walker Kessler's on the roster, Bobby Porter's on the roster. Austin Reeves is on the FIBA roster. These are some guys, like you said, prospects. They're more than prospects, but they're guys that you're not going to see on the Olympic roster. Now, the Olympic roster, yeah, you need to send uh, uh, Paul George and Kevin Durant and Steph and and Clay and and Draymond and uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard. You you definitely should send the best guys. I think you should send the best people that you can send from your country to compete for the Olympics for sure. Maybe some of the lesser tournaments you send the B team, but some teams, some countries, they they just don't have the luxury like USA where you can send a B team and they can be the best team. So it's a whole you know big conversation that we could have for days and years about this. But uh, once again, and Denny say I love watching him play in FIBA, but once again he has to understand the gravity and read the room for himself. That hey, it's a contract year. There was a video that came out yesterday showing him shooting around. He was in street clothes. Didn't work out. They showed Yam Madar, who's on the roster too. He played in the NBA a little bit. Um, he looked he he wasn't jumping in the jumpers, which was weird. So um, some people are saying that he looks fine, but you know I don't know what I, I guess he's just joking around, not jumping on the jump shot. Maybe I'm just overthinking a little bit much. But um, it, it's a big year for him, man. So I, I want to see what he does working out. Can he work on a handle? Can he work on his left hand? 
Can he work on the shooting from the three? Can he work on finishing? So it's a lot of question marks with his game. But um, as far as FIBA, yeah, I, I would just do with the coaching, with the general manager or front office, what they're asking you to do. I would do everything that they're asking me to do, just like Chase Young. He should do whatever Ron Rivera is asking him to do. Just go ahead and do it so you can get paid. Perfect example, Chase. My man, Chase, man. <laughs> you know, perfect example. You know, before we move on, man, like I said, I get pride, but you, this is your job. You know, Will Dawkins says, look, you might want to stay, stay, uh, stay side and work on your game, work on your game, because, look, you know, repetitive action, man. Working on, you know, there's, there's certain areas of your game that you need to work on, you need to work on repeatedly. Muscle memory. You know, it's kind of like in the military. You know, they say you train as you fight, man. You know, you do things repetitively because it's muscle memory. You just do it without second nature. You know, for him to, to really fit into the role that we want him to, to be, which is, is prospectively a 3-and-D wing because, yeah, you can see areas where he can bring the ball up, but we're not asking him to be that guy. You know, come here, work on your shot, work on expanding your offensive game, work on your left hand, work on finishing through contact, work on these, you know, just stay here and work, man. You know, don't worry about, you know, I, I definitely think that, yeah, I, like you said, that's a conversation that it could be all day long. I, you know, I get putting your best people out there. But then to me, I'm looking at it like this, man. You know, from a national standpoint, you know, by bringing up prospects to play for your national team, you're showing the future of your country. You're showing the future contributors of your country. You know, put guys in there who are trying to get that contract. Put guys in there who are trying to get that exposure. You know, I, I use Bilal. I had no idea who Bilal Koulibaly was till the French League, man. I'm just going to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, looking at this draft, man, I, kn I knew Keontae George. You know, I knew Cam Whitmore. But, you know, I didn't see really a large degree of exposure of Bilal Koulibaly if it wasn't for the French League. You know what I mean? And he was a young guy who got promoted from the B team and came up. You know, they, that gave him exposure. You know, give some of these younger guys exposure. Um, I have no problem going to get some college guys and go to the Olympics. I just don't, as a professional standpoint, as an owner of a franchise, I'm not letting my star player play overseas. I'm not because he's under contract. If he gets hurt, that that inhibits my ability to make money. That inhibits my ability to sell tickets. You know, hey, they love it. There's fans here in D.C. that want to see Denny play. You lose him for the year, man, then people going to feel a certain way about that. It's the same thing as sitting guys down to rest. You know, you got people who are driving hours to come see you play basketball. They're not coming to see you sit down. You know, they're coming to see you play. So, you know, they hate it or love it. This is a business. And the, the first notion in your business is to protect your investment. You know, I, I I do think they need to limit them going overseas. I think that if they do go over and play, man, you have to put provisions in the contract and say, look, go over there. Cool. But if you get hurt, this provision is put in place to where we protect ourselves. Like, I, what was that provision? Um, they just, um, the Bulls just enacted with um, Lonzo Ball, which is a hardship, you know, where they, they got, I think they believe they got uh, $10.5 million to sign another player because he's out for the year. I think the provision needs to be put in there that matches their potential salary. This is look, if he's hurt, then we have this provision that we have $15 million to go out here and find another guy to replace Denny. So that's where I'm at, E, man. You know, I get pride, but this is a business, and we have to treat it as a business. And if they want to go over there and they get hurt, man, then that's a risk that they're going to have to take. But I'm not I'm not willing to let that risk happen, man. I'm just not. That's just mm -hmm. me. Yeah, and Jokic, he did play in FIBA, the same tournament that Denny played in last year. He ended up winning the championship, the finals, so – it can go both ways. It's a risk. It's a risk, and some people take it. It works out. Some people, like Gallo, take the risk. It didn't work out. So we'll see. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Um, but how long will the rebuild be? Uh, what was the question, Brandon, from the mailbank? Oh, let's jump right into it, man. <laughs> We've been talking about Denny. Um, this is actually a mailbag question from Ben Austin's friend slash WN8QU. That is a mouthful. Um, he asks, how long do you think this rebuild could last? Do you see us being at least playoff contenders by 2026? What do you think, E? Um, and then, yeah, the report, this is the last thing I'll say, too, because the, the head coach said that Denny was injured and the Wizards were concerned enough. So that's the report from Sports Wrap Out. But I'll, I'll end it there. Um, um, how long can a rebuild be? It's, it's going to be a little bit longer than what we want because we didn't get a haul of first-round picks. You see what the Jazz got for Rudy Gobert, what they got for Donovan Mitchell. So they got a good haul starting their rebuild. I'm trying to think of some other teams that started a rebuild recently. Um, the Rockets, they got a trade for James Harden. I got to look at that trade too. The Sixers, they trusted the process for a long time. That took, what, three or four years. So typically it takes about three or four years. You look at the Hawks, when they made their trades, they traded Paul Millsap. They traded our Horford. That's when Schlenk came in. Um, and they made a bunch of moves. Kyle Korver was in the roster. They traded him. Um, Jeff Teague was in the roster. They traded him. They had a good roster. Um, and they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, they drafted Trey Young, uh, and they took him, and it took some took some time. They were awful. They were, they went twenty four and fifty eight in twenty eighteen, twenty nine and fifty three in twenty nineteen, twenty and forty seven in twenty twenty, and then in twenty twenty one they went forty one and thirty one, and they went to the Eastern Conference Finals where they did beat the Trust the Process Sixers, uh, which is ironic and pretty funny uh, that their rebuild they got further than what the Sixers did after the Sixers tanked so much and got all those picks. Um, but yeah, I, I can see three or four years. That's just an example where they're bad for about two to three. Years. And then you look at the Rockets too, who have rebuilt. They got Jabari Smith, Jalen Green. Um, now they drafted Cam Whitmore, Sangoon. This is the, what the third year they're rebuilt. Now they're starting to yeah. get guys uh, with big contracts. But before they just had a bunch of young guys, a bunch of young guys, kind of like young guys leading each other. They did have John Wall. They bought him out eventually. Um, they traded James Harden. They traded Russell Westbrook. They brought in all those guys, a bunch of young guys. Now they're trying to win. They signed uh, Fred, Van, Fred Van Vliet. They signed uh, Dylan Brooks. So this is what year three or year four. So it, it typically looking around, it's taken three or four years. And you look at OKC, they traded Russ. They traded Paul George. Um, this is what year three or year four. It looks like they're ready to compete with Shea. They looked good last year. Um, so I would say around three or four. Now they got Chet Holmgren, Lou Dort. Jalen Williams. Uh, so typically it takes about three to four years. It takes about three to four years. I think I think it's going to be a, a, a challenging year. I see around 20 to 30 wins. I don't really see the plan for this team right now. And then next year they're going to probably have a high draft pick again. Um, and then I think that third year is where, you know, you see what happens with the picks that Will Dawkins made and Schlenk and Winger, evaluate from there, and then maybe you take a big swing uh, for a trade for a star player or – you have the cap space where you can try to sign guys kind of like what the Rockets did with Van Vliet. Now, hopefully we, I like Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks. They don't look like a playoff team or, or, or a um, legitimate playoff contender. I think they can make the playoffs, but hopefully we, we are able to sign um, better talent than what the Rockets did. And I, I like what the Rockets did. I do like some of the guys that they brought in, but um, that, that's what I, that's what I would say three or four years. You got to see what happens to Jordan Poole. Can he take a leap like Shea did? What if, what if Jordan Poole has a James Harden? kind of leap then yes the i think the 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 rebuild can or the competing 
can definitely go faster than what it did because the Rockets, once they got James Harden, James Harden, went, he just took it to another level. So maybe that could happen with Jordan Poole. Yeah, I'm going to say this, man. Um, I think this could be a definitely playoff team by year three. And I'm going to tell you why. Um, the covers aren't bare. You know, you have a lot of talent. Um, starting at the top, you have Jordan Poole, who I think is a star. I think that he's going to evolve into a superstar. I think that he's got that potential. Um, he's already shown leadership. Uh, if he works in efficiency, if he kind of works on those kinks of being a little too wild um, and a little too free with his shot, if he if he gets coached up, he's a star in his league. Um, Kyle Kuzman is that leadership that is desperately needed for a young team. Um, he, again, he's proven to be a leader. You know, if you look at this roster, it's not bare. You know, Bilal Koulibaly, man, you know, if he works on his game and takes that leap within the uh, next two years, man, he's going to be a star. You know, Johnny Davis, you know, obviously on the defensive end, he's solid. Offensively, he's not entire trash, but he's got to work on efficiency and he's definitely got to work on, you know, getting that first step faster, man. But it's not bare. You know, I think there's three main areas that we need to show up within the next three years to be a playoff team. One, we've got to find a starting center. You know, right now, you know, we're evaluating young talent, Daniel Gafford, he can do. But let's be real. As much as I love my man Gaff, he's not a starter. You know, he's a guy that he's probably going to be a backup center. You know, and that's, and that's all good because he, he shows he can't start. You know, if injuries happen, he, he's a guy who's capable of coming in and getting star minutes. But as far as the center of the future for a franchise, he's just not that guy. Um, so I definitely think center with it, you know, you look at centers, you know, you got Bradshaw next year in the draft. Um, is every, you know, it's obviously a forward heavy draft, but there's there's options. Uh, so you go through the draft, develop a guy, maybe you go out and get an Aiden. You know, there's a couple names out there on the on the trade market, but center is a position we got to show up if we really want to be a, a playoff contender in three years. A small forward, you know, what what is the what are we doing a small forward? You know, Denny, <laughs> we were just talking about Denny. <laughs> You know, if he takes that step at small forward, do we pay him? Do we give him that bag? You know, who's that? Because, I, you know, look, Bilal, he has impressed me. But I'm not going to lie to you. I still think we should have got Cam Whitmore. I mean, if you look at Cam Whitmore, man, he's, he's he got the MVP in summer league. He's lighting up. But could have, should have, would have, whatever. You know, but small forward is something we have to address, whether it's through Denny being that guy long term both the draft or we have to solidify the wing, man, and get a true three and D wing. Uh, and point guard, figure out what point guard is, is Jordan Poole going to be the guy of the future? Is Ty, you know, is Ty is that guy? Do we go into the draft and get a D, uh, DJ Wagner? You know, do we get Collier from USC? You know, there, there's moves that need to be made, but if we stroke those three areas, I think we'll be all right. I think we're contented because Jordan Poole, he shows he's that guy. You know, the, I mean, I know him and Draymond, it continues to be an issue for some reason. You know, I mean, we're not even going to get into that in this episode, by next episode, but, you know, it continues to be an issue. But, you know, if you look at Stephen Curry, he had high marks and said a lot of good things about Jordan Poole. You know, same thing with Klay Thompson. You know, yeah, he's a young guy. He was hungry. They've had a little attitude here and there, but that is expected from a young guy. But, you know, he's had high marks, you know, especially leadership. A lot of people are saying that he is a diamond in the rough when it comes to leadership. So I think he, he's a solid pickup, and he's definitely somebody who – I'm not going to say we can completely build around Jordan Poole, but he should definitely be part of the foundation we, we want to build up. Um, so, yeah, I think we definitely could be a playoff team because I think this could be a competitive rebuild because, you know, this team's not going to be completely trash. Now, we're not going to be lightning. And, you know, we're not going to be trying to get a playoff spot. Let's be real. It's all about evaluation. But Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole, if they could find efficiency and really implement – a, you know, ball movement with this team, man. You could be very surprised with how the good team, this team can be within the next couple of years, man. So, again, I, I see a lot of potential with this roster. Now, obviously, you know, we, we already talked about Denny. There's a lot of decisions that need to be made. You know, what's, what's long-term 
view as far as where Denny's place is in his organization, Kyle Kispert, you know, what is his long-term, you know, place here in his organization? Because, again, he wasn't drafted by this current group. So there's a lot of questions, especially dealing with a lot of these um, expiring contracts. But, look, they're doing all the right things. They rebuilt the front office. They rebuilt the coaching staff. They, they, they knocked out Bill and KP's contracts off the books. They're doing they put everything in place for this to be a competitive team in three years. So yeah, I'm with it. I think they are definitely a playoff team in three years, man. Yeah, I think it's a three year window. I would say a three year window. Um, but yeah, as far as getting Cam Winmore, that's a whole you know different conversation. Um, yeah, I don't want to base too much off summer league, but you know, I, I thought you know, I think a lot of teams are going to regret passing up on him. I think him dropping a twentieth is just disrespectful. Um, I think a lot of teams overthought it about the uh, injury and the interviews. I mean, the guy can play. He's just his body is just uh, he, he's he's just a grown man. He is a grown man. He looks like he could play linebacker or tight end, and he can jump out the gym. So that, that's the thing with Cam Whitmore. Um, he had a good summary. I thought Blau had a good summary. Of course, you know, not an MVP level summary like Cam Whitmore did. But uh, like I said, I'm not going to base everything off the summary. We'll see what happens with those two. Um, I think their careers are definitely going to be kind of hand in hand because they were drafted. Um, in the same year, and a lot of teams ha- had an opportunity to draft Can't Whitmore. But, yeah, it, it depends on the draft picks, too. It de- depends on Bilal, how, how much he develops. Um, they already know it's going to be a process. He's, he's a project. Um, it's going to take a little time. I think his defense is definitely more alone than what his offense is. The ball handling, the shooting, 18% from three in the summer league um, is pretty bad. But he wasn't, you know, we didn't draft him to be a shooter. Uh, we drafted him to be a guy that can get to the basket and get to the rim and, and finish in transition. So just how long is it going to take the ball handling to come along? How long is it going to take him to grow into his body? He's still growing, so um, there's a lot of upside with Bilal for sure. But I, I see about three to I see about three years, three to four years. That's typically how long it takes because you, you got to get some draft picks in, got to evaluate your guys, you got to create a culture, you got to create an identity. It just doesn't happen overnight, and you've seen that with many teams, the Hawks, um, how they became good with Trey Young. Um, the Kings have been bad forever, but they finally got their roster going with De'Aaron Fox. You look how long it took for them to get going with De'Aaron Fox. They made a trade. They got some bonus. Now they look like they're going to be a perennial playoff team for years to come. So can they find that guy that they can build around? Can Jordan Poole, could it be that guy? I, I think there's potential with that, and I think somebody asked that too. So we're going to we're gonna talk about that on the next episode. So that was a good question. Yeah, absolutely. Outstanding question. So, yeah, I mean, before we roll, man, I think that they have a lot of good pieces on the squad. Just, again, like you said, development you know does Bilal Koulibaly take that step offensively you know the Johnny Davis find that efficiency and be you know that consistency as far as his offensive game uh does Kisper take that step you know Denny does he take that step there's a lot of what ifs but I think that the, there is definitely light at the end of the tunnel for the Washington Wizards man so yeah I, I think three years we are going to be a playoff team so you heard her here first man <laughs> you heard it here first three years so uh, we're going to go ahead and roll. Uh, we definitely appreciate everybody. Definitely keep sending us your best questions, man, because it is the offseason. It is the dog days of the offseason, man. So definitely we're going to be answering a lot of questions about, you know, the season coming up, uh, lineups, you know, fits, you know, there's still moves to be made. So definitely tune in. So thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every single day. Every day is tomorrow. We're going to answer another mailbag question. And if any significant news pops up on the horizon, we're definitely going to chop it up with you guys. And on the football front, Tomorrow is the 20th, so that is the day where the Commanders are officially under new management. So thank God for that. So we're definitely going to celebrate that tomorrow. So definitely appreciate y'all. So hail to the Wizards and peace. Appreciate y'all. See y'all later. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.